0: Welcome to Liquor & Liqueur Connoisseur, where I drink, discuss, and discover the world of distilled spirits. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. This is episode 33. I'm drinking Wild Turkey 101 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. I started the Liquor in the core Connoisseur podcast as a way for me to drink more. I'm keeping a New Year's resolution to myself, and actually, I'm coming up on New Year's again. I am recording this episode just two days before Thanksgiving, so I figured what better spirit to feature than wild turkey. We need a turkey for Thanksgiving. As a listener, you should always expect that I will be well-researched and educational, entertaining, and consistent in my reviews. So the bottle I have is the iconic Wild Turkey 101. I've got a standard 750 milliliter bottle. Being 101 proof, it is 50.5 alcohol by volume and it retails for about $27. The bottle is classic whiskey bottle shaped. It's got a neck suitably long to carry the bottle easily by it. The nicely printed label Features an understated gold foil with subtle emboss of real Kentucky bourbon down near the bottom. And of course, on the label, there's the noble bird himself, the turkey, featured prominently on the bottle. The sealing strap around the neck contains the text, high rye, aged longer. It's time to open this bottle up and have a pour. Before I do, I wanted to remind my listeners how I taste spirits. I'm using a clean Glen Karen. It's a nosing glass. It's a whiskey glass specifically. It's shaped like a tulip to allow you to see the spirit, smell the spirit, taste the spirit, and enjoy whiskey for what it is. Okay, let's tear into this bottle, get the plastic off. It's heat shrink, a little zipper pull there. Take that off and oh have to break the paper strap. That's a nice touch. Here comes a bottle pop. Oh, it's was a little underwhelming, to be honest. Usually when you first pop open a bottle of whiskey or any spirit, you get that nice pop, uh, but a little underwhelming. No matter, we got a natural cork stopper. We'll set off to the side and let's get a pour. One of the things you'll come to know about wild turkey is it's really a standard bearer for what bourbon is. And so this is what you can compare other bourbons against. In the glass, wild turkey is a nice orange, caramel, amber color. It's got some pronounced alcohol, tears, or legs. And the tears or legs, those simply just are reflective of the different evaporative timing of the water and ethanol in the spirit. It is sometimes a marker of the potency, but not always. Let's try it on the nose. Hmm. You have to be a little careful. At 101 proof, you can catch some ethanol burn. The Glencairn glass helps with that. You can get your nose in at the bottom and allow some of the stronger vapors to escape out of the top. smells sweet. Corn, kind of the cereal grains that it's made from. A little peppery maybe, but that's the ethanol I can feel that. You inhale a little too deeply. Some caramel. You can smell some of the wood, the oak. Again, I think I've said this before in other episodes that I've featured whiskey. It smells like whiskey, which is probably a good description. So if you've ever smelled whiskey, it's essentially what it smells like. I also want to say I catch sweetness, and this may just be a a trick of my nose. But I could swear I get like pineapple out of it. And I don't know if that's just unique to me. But yeah, I get fresh, almost fruitiness. It's the sweetness of the underlying corn, I think. So enough smelling it. We're going to taste it. Here we go. Oh yeah. (laughs) That is good. Oh, you get some of the, a bit of the burn. Some pepperiness though, that's not just the Ethanol. Sweetness, first and foremost, though. caramely. got to go for another taste. Corn, for sure. Had a few more little tastes of it, chewed on it, so to speak, in my mouth. And the thing I get is really the grain. You can taste the grain. A little bit of the esters in the aftertaste, just from the wood. That's good. It's got sweetness, a little bit of spice. A little bit of ethanol burn, which are distinct things. There's some pepperiness that's not just the ethanol. It's a flavor component. I've decided after a few more tastes, I'm not going to try and chase the unknown. It tastes like a good bourbon whiskey. You taste the caramel notes, some sweetness, taste the grains. That's about it. It's not overpowering in any regard. It's quite balanced and approachable. For the history, I first need to start with some definitions. Wild Turkey includes a host of legally protected language on the label, and it helps to understand what that is. So first, the 101. That is simply a reference to the proof of the spirit, and it's an American proof at that. American proof is simply double the percentage alcohol by volume, or ABV, of a spirit. Wild Turkey is 50.5% ABV, so it's 101 proof. All distilled spirits will tell you how potent they are, and the ABV is a worldwide definition but proof may vary in great britain proof used to refer to about 1.82 times abv since 1980 they've simply used the abv number to describe potency i talked some more about this in episode 15 on stro 160 over proof rum so listen to that episode for more about proof next on the label there's kentucky straight bourbon whiskey let's break this down though and start with bourbon Under Title 27 of the Code of Federal Regulations, as approved by the U.S. Congress in 1964, to be recognized as bourbon, a spirit must be made in the United States, any state, not just Kentucky, must be made of at least 51% corn, must be distilled at no higher than 160 proof, must be barreled at no higher than 125 proof, and must be put in new charred oak vessel. Not necessarily a barrel, but a vessel. It ends up being a barrel in most cases. To be classified as straight bourbon, it must be all the things that make it bourbon, but also aged no less than two years in a new charred oak vessel, or barrel. And if it's less than four years old, an age statement must appear on the label. For example, a three-year-age straight bourbon would need to tell the consumer that it's three years old on the label, and some may state aged 36 months in this case. If it's aged more than four years, no age statement is required. There's also the Kentucky modifier, and you guessed it, the spirit must be distilled and aged for at least one year within the state of Kentucky but the whiskey part well whiskey is defined as a distilled spirit made from fermented grain that's the loosest definition with the much more restrictive and prescriptive bourbon qualifiers the whiskey part is assumed one last definition on the bottle is being high rye wild turkey is a classic example of a high rye bourbon and high rye refers to the prominence of rye after corn in the mash bill Mash bill is a distiller's term for the ingredients list of grains used to make a spirit. So, for a high rye bourbon, the mash bill is at least 51% corn, then the next most prominent grain by volume is rye. Rye in a whiskey is often spicier and richer. So, now that we know what it is, how did Wild Turkey get its start? The bottle says expertly crafted since 1855 over a small AN crest. And that's reference to Austin Nichols, the company that started the Wild Turkey brand. Wild Turkey didn't hit the market until after Prohibition in the early 1940s. So why then the 1855 date? Well, it seems that's the date the brand has selected to start with. Predecessors of the company that would become Austin Nichols or would be purchased by Austin Nichols were in the grocery business in the area of the distillery. This included various members of the Rippey family who were distilling whiskey in the 1860s. The Rippies kept distilling until Prohibition, But the passing of the 18th Amendment put the legal distillers out of business, including the Rippey's distilling operations. However, after repeal, the Rippey's were able to rebuild their derelict distillery and get back to production. Enter Austin Nichols and Company, who entered the wine and spirits business in 1934. The whiskey produced by the Rippey family was mostly sold wholesale for other companies to package and sell under their own brand. Austin Nichols was one such company who began buying whiskey from the Rippies. And as Jimmy Russell tells it, the longtime master distiller at Wild Turkey, the brand name came about because of a wild turkey hunt in the Carolinas. He says that a sales executive, a man named Thomas McCarthy, who was based out of New York, had some of the bourbon pulled straight from a barrel to take on a wild turkey hunt. It happened to be barrel-proofed at 101 proof, and the companions of Thomas McCarthy liked the bourbon so much during their turkey hunt that they reportedly asked for more of that wild turkey bourbon. So, with this simple beta test or unintentional focus group, the brand was born. The original turkey hunt took place in 1940, and Austin Nichols launched the wild turkey brand in 1942. For the next 30 years, Austin Nichols was a non-producer bottler, buying all of the bourbon sold as Wild Turkey on the open wholesale market. Much of the bourbon used in those three decades came from the Rippy Distillery that had been sold to the brothers Robert and Alvin Gould in 1949. After finding financial success, Austin Nichols purchased the Rippey's Gould Distillery in 1971 and renamed it the Wild Turkey Distillery. They began making the whiskey they sold and gaining control over quality and output in the process. In 1980, Wild Turkey was sold to Pernod Ricard, the French Spirits conglomerate. Pernod owned the brand until 2009 when they sold it to the current owners, Campari Group. I wouldn't say that the brand languished under Prono's ownership, because that's not true, but Campari definitely breathed new life into it. Production moved to a newly constructed distillery in 2011, with a bottling facility following in 2013. In 2016, the actor Matthew McConaughey became the creative director and celebrity spokesman for Wild Turkey. In his role as creative director, he's been more than just the face of the brand, he's really helped tell the story of Wild Turkey as well. And the story of the Wild Turkey brand cannot be told without including the Russell family, and Jimmy Russell in particular. Jimmy, as he's known, got his start working for the Rippy Distillery in 1954. When Austin Nichols purchased the Rip Distillery, Jimmy, as an employee, was part of the deal. He became the master distiller, and he's stuck to doing things the way they'd always been done, and that has served the brand well. Jimmy's son, Eddie Russell, started working at Wild Turkey in the early 1980s, and Jimmy has since passed the mantle of master distiller to his son, Eddie Russell, as of 2015. And Jimmy's grandson, Bruce Russell, also works for Wild Turkey. He's currently the global brand ambassador. But Jimmy is still very much around. And he's honored with a spin-off brand from Wild Turkey Bourbon, that being the Russell's Reserve line of bourbon. Jimmy is a legend, having made bourbon for Wild Turkey for more than six decades. The bottle proudly carries his signature as approved by Jimmy Russell. Eddie Russell, Jimmy's son, has more than 30 years of experience himself. And in the last few years, Wild Turkey recognized the combined 101 years of experience that this father-son duo has. If you're looking for true Kentucky bourbon, Wild Turkey is it. So how is Wild Turkey made? Wild Turkey's mash bill remains unchanged from when it was first produced. It's at least 51% corn, then some rye and barley malt. Wild Turkey also has their own yeast that they've been using since Prohibition. And this is a key, I think, to the consistency and flavor yeast is alive so they've kept this organism alive since prohibition feeding it making new batches for every bottle of wild turkey they're aiming for consistency and this goes to the level of trying to buy the same grain from the same farmers the production process is fairly standard for whiskey production they start with a grain grind it add water to malt it then add their special yeast to large open fermentation tanks. Fermentation at Wild Turkey is about a three-day affair, and the current distillery produces around 30,000 gallons of alcohol a day, and they barrel north of 500 barrels a day. Wild Turkey is distilled from low wines to the barreling proof that's under 125 proof by law. Jimmy says they distill at a lower proof and barrel it at a lower proof to retain the flavors of the whiskey and wild turkey ages their bourbon for longer than most. It could be sold with no age statement when aged for four years in a day, but most wild turkey is six to eight years old or more. The longer aging adds more flavor that comes in part from the heavy char new oak barrels. The heavy char, or burning of the inside of the barrel, creates an alligator-like texture on the wood, and this breaks down the lignins that allows more of the vanilla flavors to come from the oak. Quality is controlled at every step of the process, Tastings are done of the new spirit out of the stills, then in barrel selects for blending to bottle. All Wild Turkey bourbons are the same until one of the Russells says the barrel is ready and selects it. Barrels may go into the 101 that I've been drinking or perhaps be reserved for Russells Reserve. They also have other iterations of Wild Turkey. There's a lower proof, 81 proof. So when a barrel is selected, it's dumped, filtered, blended, and proofed to bottling strength. All the bourbon is the same input and same process. The skill comes down to the experience and selection of the master distiller. Now on to cocktails and consumption. Wild Turkey is said to improve the flavor of ice. It's great on the rocks, but it plays very nicely in classic cocktails. Anything that calls for bourbon, particularly an Old Fashioned, a Manhattan, or a Whiskey Sour, Wild Turkey will do just fine in any of these and more. So in summary, what do I think of Wild Turkey 101 Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey? It's a standard bearer for bourbon. It is hard to knock a mass market brand that has true consistency and expertise behind it. That's one of the keys, I think, about Wild Turkey, is it's retained the Russells as master distillers, and they haven't changed the way they've done it. Sure, they built a new distillery and automated, improved, and it grew, but the mash bill is the same, the process they use is the same, you know, the the tasters, the people actually sampling the whiskey is the same. It's all around good bourbon. You can't knock it, really. I mean, some people will knock Wild Turkey, oh, that's, you know, you don't want that, but... There's nothing wrong with wild turkey. It is a quality product, to be honest. I mean, it's aged for longer than it needs to be. It's a solid value. There's no reason not to have wild turkey on your shelf. So that's going to do it for this episode of Liquor & Liqueur Connoisseur. I'm your host, Matt Burchard. Please subscribe and share. I also have just launched an email list. So on the website, connoisseur.com, you can join the email list. And when you do so, I'll send you the show notes along with photos and a direct link to the episode every time I publish a new episode, which tends to be most Fridays. You can also find the show anywhere you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, etc. The show is also on social media. Instagram is what I'm gravitating towards. Please leave me your feedback. And as always, thank you for listening.